0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Going Up Cast, your weekly feel-good podcast, For this week we talk about four TV shows, and that's about it. I know, it doesn't sound like the most exciting of episodes, but you gotta trust me, I go on a goddamn soapbox with some of these shows. We talk about Harley Quinn Season 2. We talk about WandaVision. We talk about Carmen Sandiego. We talk about Disenchantment. We talk about a fucking cool fan thing that was done. Um, at the very end, I don't want to tell you what it is because it's really exciting and you gotta stick around and witness it. Um, anyway, uh, that's, I mean, it's, it's a good one. I like it. I can't stop talking about Harley Quinn. I've bored all of my friends by talking about it, but before we get into it, um, oh, I also drink a beer. So there's that as well. Before we get into it, if you like the Going Up cast, and you want to support the Going Up cast, please go to patreon.com forward slash goingupcast, where you can get access to all the movie commentary tracks. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets will be going up this week. Um, I I filmed it a couple of days ago. I got pretty hammered. It's a lot of fun. And if you want to listen to that, you got to become a Patreon supporter. Uh, And you can also listen to, uh, I did Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone. I've done Aragon. uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppet Treasure Island, The Santa Claus... Um, and obviously I'm going to keep making them as, as long as there are movies to commentate, of which there are thousands. Um, and that's something I've always wanted to do, so I'm very glad that I am finally getting around to doing it. And uh, you can also see the Pokemon Nuzlocke run, which I promise is coming back. I just have been far too busy to record new episodes. But I will make an effort, I promise. I promise. And you can watch all of those over on the Patreon as well um also i don't want to say much now but i'm working on something in the uh, in the behind the scenes uh for something to come down the pipeline i'm in discussions that's what i can say right now we're talking about it so that's all i can say at this moment but let's get into the podcast. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, a long time ago I reviewed a beer. It was weird. I have another beer. This is the last weird beer Um, at least for a while. I don't fucking know. I'm trying not to drink as much as I used to Um, just to like, you know, as a healthy Life improvement choice. What is it? Moderation and all that shit. Anyway, this is called Peach Shove It It's an imperial sour. Oh goody. It's got a picture of a of a pie on the front Um, this comes to us from the, the brewing project which is from uh, Wisconsin. Yes. It is a malt beverage with peach, milk sugar, natural graham flavor, and natural cinnamon flavor. So, it's a peach and graham cracker beer, apparently. I'm gently mixing it by turning the can over and over again. Um, so, the stuff inside swirls and swoofs and whatever the fuck. Alright, let's give it a shot. Right, there we go. Right, there you go. That's what I like. Let's give it a little schnifter. <laughs> smells like peaches. It smells like peaches and alcohol and sugar. It's pretty much all I'm getting. So, let's give it a shot. Yeah, it's... As advertised, it tastes like peaches. Um, which, I normally don't eat. And it's not that I don't... Like them. I just don't really eat them. It's a nice flavor. It is. It's good. It's got a nice sweetness to it. Um, you do get a, 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 a basic hint of, of cinnamon and graham cracker. Kind of like on the on the back end. Um, not a whole lot in the way of alcohol, though. Maybe a little bit. This kind of tastes like peach, though. I don't know what percentage this is, but I'm guessing low guessing a low percentage um yeah it doesn't say what percentage the alcohol is probably because it's so fucking variable but it's very tasty so i'm a i'm a fan i like it peach shove it from uh the the brewing project over there in wisconsin good good shit next thing in the podcast all right so the harley quinn show is the best animated DC show ever made. Um I will I will go toe to toe with anybody that comes at me what what you were with your Justice League's and your Batman the animated series is because the thing about Batman the animated series is that it tackles adult-ish topics and it does a pretty decent job and some really iconic performances and blah 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 blah, blah, blah and it's iconic and fuck and the Harley Quinn show wouldn't exist Without Batman in the animated series, I get that, but it could never do what I feel like Harley Quinn can do. It can't go the to like the the extreme. It can't it can't go to what is a more realistic portrayal um, in some cases of of what DC Comics is is kind of all about. It's like. I mean, I said a lot of this with season one, and it, it maintains, if not improves, in season two. It's hilarious. It's incredibly emotionally rich. I mean, I, there were moments where I damn near cried watching this show. Like, you feel for these characters. These are some of the best developed characters. Period. Like... Harley Quinn is incredibly complex, and Poison Ivy is incredibly complex, and Kite Man even has some fucking character progression. Fucking Kite Man goes places and has an arc, and you get to learn more about like backstories and stuff like that, and fucking Darkseid shows up and just goes fucking apeshit, and they're not afraid to take out classic villains, and on top of everything, it wraps up up fucking beautifully season two ends with a the end card with a question mark on it oh are we gonna get one because at the time they didn't fucking know and because of all the restructuring and whatnot yeah they're getting a third season that being said i am feeling pretty goddamn good because it ends kind of perfectly and it's one of those things where it's like i knew how it ended Like, I knew what was coming. And the show was so goddamn good at throwing me off the fucking trail that I still wasn't 100% sure it was going to end the way I wanted it to. I didn't know for sure. I knew for sure, but emotionally I didn't. And that is incredible. Because even though I like fucking read the goddamn plot synopsis on fucking Wikipedia and I knew exactly what was about to happen in that final episode, I still wasn't 100% sure. It does its job insanely well, and it introduces new characters and new elements to the show that all seem natural and seem like logical additions to what the fuck is happening. Like, Batgirl shows up, and she fits in the show beautifully, and... Fucking Gordon has this incredible character arc where he goes from, like, a drunken slob to, like, a cleaned-up cop-ass-kicking son-of-a-bitch. And Psycho gets super pissy, and King Shark does a bunch of shit, and Clayface does a bunch of shit, and it's... I mean, holy fuck. I was not expecting this show to be as good as it is. It is carried by fucking Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Absolutely carried. Those performances, Lake Bell... And Kaylee, Cuoco, or however you pronounce her fucking last name, Penny, just fucking absolutely knocked it out of the park. Like, it is unreal how well this show is written. Who the fuck wrote this show? Because, sweet Jesus crackers, this shit was fucking, like, amazing. Who wrote this fucking show? You pieces of shit, tell me who wrote this fucking show. This show was written by, um, um, who wrote this show? Directed, written by... Oh, a lot of people wrote the show. Okay, got it. Um, That makes sense. Well, you, you're all incredible. All you writers. Dean Lori and Justin Halpern and Patrick Shoemaker and Jane Becker and Jess Dweck and Adam Stein and Tom Hindbin. and... Shut up, Amazon. Fucking Valentine's Day. Incredible stuff. Who wrote, who wrote this fucking episode? Sarah Peters. Sarah Peters. This is a good... I like this one Sarah Peters. Oh, Sarah Peters, you wrote the two best episodes. <laughs> you wrote you wrote the really the the fucking Quinn Ivy heavy episodes. Good job, Sarah Peters. Fuck yeah. You're 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 what's up. I will be keeping an eye on on your shit um, as as the season progresses, any episode that you're writing, I'm going to assume is a fucking Quinn Quinn Ivy heavy one. Oh my god. It was It was phenomenal. I'm going to talk about the show a little bit because I just want to keep wax poetic about this fucking show because, oh my God, it is, it is, actually here, hold on, let me take, give me five seconds to ponder if there's anything wrong with the show. I mean, alright, sometimes the jokes don't land and that's fine. Usually, when the jokes don't land, they don't land in the context of the show either, and so people like bust their balls about it. Um, honestly, like, I'm sure something will come to me. I'm writing. I'm writing the high. Oh my god, Amazon! I will. I will fucking end you. Settings. Turn off all notifications of Google Chrome. You motherfucker! You get back here. Ah, you piece of shit. If you if you badoo at me again, I will fucking destroy you. I'm gonna mute my goddamn computer so this doesn't happen anymore. There we go. All right. So yeah, if I if I think about it, I'm sure I could come up with something I don't like about the show. Um, oh, there was this there was this one bit where they kind of riff on Little Mermaid when King Shark goes back to his his hometown, and um, they, it's just a bunch of fish singing about how you could poop under the ocean. That like that seems like really low hanging fruit, and I'll be honest, I just wasn't a fan of that. Um, cause it was, it's like, it's been done, you know, Making fun of the, yeah, it's just, uh, man. So season one was all about Harley, um, overcoming, uh, her like, uh, feelings of inadequacy because of what the Joker had done to her. And she wants to become a member of the Legion of doom. She eventually does become a member of the Legion of doom. But, um, pretty much right as she gets what she always wants. She kind of relapses into Joker's, uh, shitty ass graces. And then, um, Joker teams up with the Queen of Fables, who I'm pretty sure was created in this fucking, where did you come from? The queen of Fables has been around since 2000. All right. So she's fairly new. Um, uh, who battled the Justice League based on the evil queen from Snow White Living embodiment of all evil and folklore, um, created by Gail Simone, Mark Wade, and Brian Hitch, Queen of Fables. So, Queen of Fables, uh, teams up with Joker, and they imprison the Justice League in her stupid-ass fairy tale book, and Joker builds this giant tower to himself, and kind of destroys most of Gotham, uh, Quinn, um, and, uh, all of her buddies through just an epic, like, four-episode fucking shit show. Um, eventually bring his ass down and, uh, he causes like an 8.6 earthquake that destroys Gotham. And season two starts with the goddamn president being like, uh, Gotham is fucking, uh, like city toss non grata. Like it's no longer a part of the United States. You are all are in your fucking own. We're annexing Gotham city from America. And then Gotham city is divvied up by the Injustice League, some of the only remaining villains from the Legion of Dune after it got blown up by the Joker, which was Penguin, Two-Face, Riddler, uh, Mr. Freeze, and Bane. And so they just divvy up the fucking city and Harley, like, misses her chance to um, take over Gotham. And then she goes on a, uh, uh, like, a fucking killing spree, basically, and just starts taking out the Injustice League because she feels like it was fucking her... Time to fucking take over. And then just a whole bunch of shit happens. And most of the time with, like, stories with, like, B-plots and stuff like that, you're like, oh, I don't really care about this B-plot. Um, but this story's B-plots are like Batman getting back into fighting way and the creation of Batgirl. And um, Ivy and Cat, or Kite Man planning their fucking stupid wedding. Um, Kite Man served his purpose and had... A role to play in the show for fucking sure, Um, and yeah, that's all fine and whatever. Um, But I I will not be be sorry to to hopefully see no more of Kite Man, Um, because you know this is kind of where I'm at. Um, I mean, like what they did with Joker. Even Joker had a character arc, like a really good one. It's amazing, and I really don't want to spoil it because. You really just need to see this show. It takes elements of DC Comics, even elements that I weren't fucking aware of, characters I've never fucking heard of, but do exist in the comics, bring them into a new light, introduce them to a new audience. Um, I never in a million goddamn years expected Dr. Psycho, of all fucking people, to play such a pivotal role in this goddamn show. Um, I remember last time I spoke about this show, uh, there was a line uh, that somebody had said, um uh heather hogan called this one of the most gratifying gay seasons of television and i would say that's accurate um it is like the the thing about it is that it none of it feels gimmicky none of it none of the relationships none of the romance in this show felt unearned the character development and the progression of those characters is so goddamn good that when Ivy and Quinn do finally end up together, you like fucking cheer. Because you're just like, oh my god. It doesn't happen too soon. It doesn't happen in a shitty way. It really does take its time. It's an incredibly slow burn over the entire fucking show. To where the, like, the last fucking 20 seconds of the final episode is when it finally fucking happens. That, that's how long it takes. It's so brief and so quick, and it still feels incredibly fulfilling. And you just can't help but sit back and be like, God damn. This is some fucking expert level storytelling. It's it's incredible. And like, on goddamn metacritic, it's like universal acclaim. It's a good goddamn show. It's one of the best. But now I'm sitting here and being like, okay you guys knocked it out of the goddamn park with season 1 and season 2 you told your fucking story you got in and out and it is fucking amazing and now I'm sitting here wondering like on one hand right I I, I get it and I want to see more of Quinn and Ivy in season 3 I would love that that would be phenomenal on the other hand this ending is really fucking good. This is this is the fucking sailing off into the sunset ending. Like, sure, the Justice League are back. And Quinn is no longer a fucking supervillain. She's a she's a fucking anti-hero at, at at worst, right? She doesn't want to take over the world. And now she's with Ivy, and they're gonna ride off into the sunset, and it all tied up so nice and neat, and I'm just I'm just really curious where the show goes from here, you know? Like I feel like further conflict with Ivy and Quinn like in like within their own relationship, while certainly not outside the realm of possibility is just going to like kind of ruin the magic so to speak. I do not envy this team of incredible writers having to figure out where to take the story from here because I have not the fucking foggiest where it goes from here at the end of season 1 you've got a pretty good idea of what the fuck season 2 is going to be about Gotham's been destroyed clearly there's some shit to talk about the ending of season 2 could not be happier how could you where do you go from here does it turn into like a cheesy slice of life I'd be okay with that Um, it would be incredibly unnecessary but I'd be okay with it and I'm just I don't know do you time jump? Like six years in the future? What do you do? I don't know, quite frankly. And I'm a little scared, to be honest, because I haven't I haven't wanted something to not suck so much in a very long time. I care more about them getting season three of Harley Quinn right. Than I did about like fucking cyberpunk being good or like I don't know I can't remember honestly the last time I'm now looking at like this this fucking uh, article um to to see like if there is any hint on what season three is gonna be about uh this is season three uh, the animated series is really good is like uh bu-ba-da-ba-ba. Um It just tells us how like season two ends. Um Yeah, I have I have no idea where do you go from here? I don't know. Is it gonna premiere sometime this year? Okay. I'm 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 ready for it, but fuck, you guys You guys gotta nail it. You already did nail it how can you possibly I don't know it's a complete goddamn mystery you, if if you have any love of television or animation or DC comics like I wish I could say the show is amazing beyond like DC comics and it's 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 probably fine without DC comics you're gonna miss some of the fucking jokes. And some of the deep cuts, like fucking Condiment Man, who's an actual, who's an actual supervillain. Um, you're gonna miss some of that shit. I think you'll be able to appreciate it though, because I think anybody without deep comic book knowledge can appreciate that somebody named Condiment Man is probably stupid. Um, and you'd be correct. They are incredibly stupid. Um, but you know, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I might have to put this through a test. I might have to show the first episode of this to somebody who I know categorically will not enjoy it, um, just to see if it is good television. I don't, I don't know. I loved it, but then again, I'm a fucking sucker for pretty much everything this show is about. It was violent, it was funny, it had fucking LGBTQ characters in it, and I'm a goddamn sucker for that. It was DC, which is some of my favorite characters of all time. It was incredibly well-written. It was well-animated. The music was amazing. Everything about the show was fucking awesome. And, like, I'm, I'm probably going to start watching it again tomorrow, to be perfectly honest with you. I love these characters, and I love this world, and I love where it goes so fucking much that I am ready to ride this ride right fucking now. It is one of the best shows I have ever seen. I'm not being hyperbolic it is truly fantastic and you must watch this show and you must ponder with me how season three could possibly measure up to this shit it's like gravity falls except it's better than gravity falls there I said it. it's better than gravity falls because like the fact the fact that they have the freedom because it's streaming only it was streaming only from the start they had the freedom to basically do whatever the fuck they wanted language no problem Blood and gore and violence, no problem. Any subject matter they wanted to tackle, they tackled. And they did it amazingly. And, I like, a a show with, like, no fucking limits on what can be discussed or what can be said or what can be shown, that's incredible. You know? Like, you don't see graphic sex in this show. It's just fucking, like, you know, hinted at, basically. Um, But I think that was more because... They didn't want to do that... Not because they couldn't do that... If that makes sense... Um... And... Get it... it It's like... Fucking animated... Like... Come on... It's just whatever at that point... But... I'm sure they had the freedom to do that... And this is... One of the... One of the best reasons to have things on streaming... Because... Without like... Goddamn... FCC rules about what is... What is and is not kosher... Is... It... You know... The show, this show would have fucking sucked on any TV channel, even like Adult Swim. They would not have been able to get away with the shit they got away on HBO Max. It just would not have worked. It only works on streaming, a hundred and ten percent. It's only good here. So, hot diggity damn. Also, Alan Tudyk's performance as the Joker was phenomenal. His performance as Clayface was fantastic. The show. It, it, like all the pieces came together, and it, it it's fucking fantastic, and it's perfect, and I love it, and I want it. I want more. I want season three to not suck, please, for the love of God, season three don't suck. I love the show so goddamn much. I was looking at merch the other day, and there's a goddamn version of um, like Ivy has a has a PJ shirt at one point that says Tree Hugger, and it's adorable, and you could buy that shirt. And I'm sitting here being like, I mean, I'm never probably gonna wear that shirt, but. Fuck! I I I want the shirt. I actually did come up with something, um, to to kind of Im- imbue my my love of the show, um, in a, in a more uh, long term uh, way that doesn't require me buying mugs and shirts, which I don't fucking need. Um, and I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, you know I'll tell y'all because why the fuck not? So. I love Christmas lights. They're they're some of my favorite things. Um, but my my Christmas light strands have like something like twenty to thirty like burnt out lights. Like they're actively dying. Um, and I have had them for something like I've had these Christmas lights for nine years. Um, these are the same Christmas lights I had when I was in college, and I'm surprised they've lasted this long. Um, but they're slowly burning out, and um, they uh to me represent like a festive mood and so what i wanted to do was replicate the christmas light feel um in something that is more year-round so what i did is i got like a bunch of fucking fairy light strands like those really thin leds um that just kind of like light up and um, i think my strands can like change colors i'm pretty sure um and what i'm gonna do is i also bought Um, I measured my fucking whole apartment and I, I got the number of fairy lights I needed to get in order to string the entire apartment. And I got enough fake vines to string the entire apartment as well. Cause I love the idea of leaves casting shadows like on my walls. I think that's going to make this place look really cool. Um, and that is my, my fucking thing that I'm doing. So I don't forget how much I love this show. And because it's like in season one you see like Ivy's apartment and her apartment is just covered in plants and I do have I have four um, actual plants but I wanted something green and vibrant um, to kind of ring my rooms um, and turn this place into more of like a fucking greenhouse and I do have a tiny greenhouse and it's just like my 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 love for the show will carry in my, my love of plants and having my apartment look um, leafy and green so that is where um, my 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 desire is going it's not going to just be in items and like merch and stuff like that I'm trying to do something practical with it um, and there have been a few times where something has impacted me to that level to where I would change something about like how I go about my my life and how my world looks um the only other time I can never th- I can think about that being the case off the top of my head was I once read a um, a goddamn fan fiction. And I can't remember who the characters were. But it was all about like stargazing. And it was so incredibly well written. And like romanticized in this fan fiction. That I got a fucking telescope. And I developed like a love for astronomy. It takes an incredibly rare piece of art. To influence me in such a manner. To where it's not just like a passing fad. Like you'll see an action movie and you'll be like. Oh man that guy's in really good shape. I'm going to go home and work out. That shit fucking fades in a couple of hours. But I still love looking at the stars. And it started because of a goddamn fanfiction. And it continued on in my life. And I know that this is the same sort of thing. Because of the fucking Harley Quinn show, I'm going to like put fucking plants up in my in my goddamn apartment. And granted, that the vines I got are going to be fake. But I do have living plants. And I do have... A greenhouse that need to fill with more living plants like yeah i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna chase this bliss because poison ivy is the goddamn best and that's how i'm gonna remember the show through plants and things that look like plants and you need to watch this show i've been talking about it for over 20 fucking minutes you should go watch the show if you haven't watched the show by now then boy this podcast is bad let's move on to the next thing in the podcast This past Friday was one hell of a day for television. Three brand new things have dropped that I have a personal vested interest in. Um, and I spent the weekend basically watching all of it so I could talk about it. First up is the, is the one that I did not want to get spoiled on at fucking all. And that's WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. This show is A incredibly unsettling and be a really really good love letter at least the first two episodes really good love letter to television of the 50s and the 60s so the first episode takes place in the 50s um in your standard i love lucy um mentality i'd say that's the closest thing i can i can relate it to um it's it's got you know that that like old school sitcom flair um it it has just enough unsettling moments that you sit there and you wonder what the fuck is going on. Um, And fortunately for my own curious brain, and unfortunately for my sanity, um, at the end of these two episodes, you still don't really know what the fuck is going on. Um, And I'd say that's the best part of the show. So yeah, the first one's the 50s, second one's the 60s. Um, And you, you advance forward in terms of television history and uh like the intro changes and um the the wardrobes have a subtle shift um the diversity of the cast has a shift um just stuff like that there's a lot more in terms of hints and clues dropped in episode two as to the the bigger picture um and i really don't want to get into it more than that because i honest to god have no idea what's happening And that is the best feeling ever because all too often I will ruin a show like this by looking it up and discovering what the secret is. Um, But I have not done that yet, so you don't really know. Um, There are a couple of things that I really loved um, in terms of the nostalgia of it, and I want to talk about that a little bit. So I have no idea how well this show will land. Um, I think... Like adults will will really enjoy it because it's Marvel. Uh, it clearly has a high budget, even if like the the show stylings they were kind of being inspired by in these um first two episodes were not the most um visually demanding. I guess is is the best way to phrase it. Like Wanda's magic in uh in episode one. Doesn't look the best, but it's not because they don't have the money to make it look good. It's because it was the fucking fifties, and they needed to intentionally make it look bad. It's it was stylized for for that reason. At least that's my that's my understanding of it. But it was so good to the shows of the era, and I wonder, like kids these days, are they even gonna fucking know what the hell's going on there? And I know I say that like you know I'm in my twenties. like Logically I shouldn't know What the fuck um, These shows were like But I grew up watching some weird shit And I've seen like Andy Griffith And Little House on the Prairie And I Love Lucy and the Brady Bunch And all that shit I've seen it, not all the way through But I've seen enough of these episodes And I've been alive long enough to understand that Pop culture stuff Things like in the beginning of episode 2 When um, there are two separate beds Joined to make one bed um, That was a big deal that was a huge deal in the in, in the in the time period because up until then, like, even if they were married, even if they were married for, like, many, many years, they were not shown in the same bed. The first couple on television to sleep in the same bed were the fucking Flintstones. Fred and Wilma Flintstone were the first television couple to sleep in the same bed, and I believe don't quote me on this one. I know the Flintstone won for a fact, but I don't know if this next one's true. I believe the first live-action show to do that was Married with Children. I'm pretty sure. Not 100%, but I'm pretty sure. So that transition was incredibly important. And at the end of the episode, the transition from black and white into color was very important because I believe, again, don't quote me on this, but I believe the transition from black and white TV to color TV occurred in the 60s. Um, that's why it happened in that episode. So they did their research when it came to subtle stuff like that. I thought that was really great. Um now let's let's get into the hypothesizing of of what the show is about. And if you haven't seen these two episodes, then you should probably just go away. Um because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about what the fuck is going on. Last time we saw these characters, Vision was dead. Just like straight up. He was dead. He he died in Infinity War, he was dead. Um and Wanda endured through Endgame and survived, right? Um, did Wanda get snapped? Did Wanda, did Wanda get snapped? I can't remember. Um, did Wanda get snapped? Um, yes, Wanda did get snapped. Okay, so Vision died and Wanda got snapped. My theory going into this show was that this whole thing occurs... Um, in the infinitesimal moments before the Mind Stone explodes. Um, or when, when like, Vision dies, basically. That was my theory. Um, I believe that's now been debunked. Because it seems like this is all happening inside Wanda's head. Is Is my guess. I don't know how that's possible. Because there seems to be some outside interference at the end of episode one you see somebody watching the show within the show and there's this logo of like a sword in um in a circle and so i think sword like the the anagram sword i believe is something from marvel much like shield so let's um let me just google that sword yes okay so sword sword is a is a i'm not looking too much into it but sword is a organization in marvel just like shield so could be that i don't know what sword is all about but it could be that um things like the the radio who's doing this to you wanda i didn't didn't recognize the voice i'm avoiding the cast list because i know that's going to spoil shit um, so I don't know who that is, and that's oh, such a good feeling not knowing what the fuck is happening. Um, but at the same time, I'm incredibly frustrated because I'm sitting here going like, What the fuck is happening? I'm like screaming it at my fucking TV. Um, so I, I have no idea what is up on that front. And then the thing at the very end of the second episode of the guy in the fucking B-suit crawling out of the manhole and then Wanda saying no and then rewinding it to before that happens, and I want us pregnant for some reason, because you know in the '70s you needed kids. I guess I don't know. '70s was Brady Bunch, right? Yeah. So '60s would have been was '60s married with children? I right, on. i I'm fact checking myself. First uh, couple um, in bed on TV. I uh, know. Oh, uh, so it was Mary Kay and Johnny was the first program uh, to show a couple sharing a bed, and the first series to show a woman's pregnancy on television. So Mary Kay and Johnny, I'm guessing, is. Um, where the second episode gets most of its, uh, inspiration. So I was wrong. It's Mary Kay and Johnny. Because also you see Wanda's pregnant at the end of the, um, at the end of the second episode. So yes. But I, I maintain that technically the first couple to share a bed was, um, uh, oh, wait a minute. Mary Kay and Johnny. What the fuck? Mary Kay and Johnny is from the forties. It's the first sitcom broadcast on network television in the United States. Oh wow. Okay. Um. Interesting. Did not did not know that. It's the 40s. I think that is before the Flintstones. I for, I don't know what the fuck fi- the, the terminology is. I know Friend Wilma did it. Oh, who cares? Nobody remembers Mary Kane Johnny anyway. Um so yeah, it's there there's a lot of mystery going on. And the show does a really good job of unsettling you. It doesn't do it too much. It does it just enough that you sit there and you're kind of like holding your breath. Because you know, you know watching it that something's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, you know instinctively that this isn't right. Something is wrong. And you don't exactly know what my guess my best guess is that this is Wanda's twisted coping mechanism with the death of vision um which is actually kind of I mean it makes it makes sense because vision's dead. Um, so I get it. Um, and and that's that's my best bet I think her powers kind of lost control and she created this like um, pocket dimension of sorts um to to live out this like idealized life with vision um and that's why they went to sitcoms because sitcoms are absolutely idealized versions of life they are they are not accurate to reality they are they are a a step above they're like this idyllic utopian vision of how life can be so that is my that's my running theory i'm probably pretty close um even though my original theory was that this was vision's coping mechanism to try to relate to humanity more but that doesn't make as much sense because vision's dead so it's got to be wanda feeling this she's also it's either happening it's at vision's head or wanda's created like some form of alternate dimension reality thing um that, that's that's my current running theory I want to Google it so fucking badly, but I can't, and I won't. Um, I'm just going to enjoy this ride, and I believe it's only six episodes. Let me just uh, get that one. How many episodes of Division? I believe it's six. Nine. Nine episodes of Division. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I dropped the first two episodes, um, which is actually par for the course for Disney shows now that I think about it. Uh, which means for the next seven weeks, we will get an episode a week, would be my guess. Um, if I had one bad thing to say about the show, it is the unnecessary amount of credits. There's like five to six minutes of credits at the end of each episode, which inflates the runtime. Like, the first episode's only like 23 minutes long, and then the rest of that fucking 30 minute chunk is credits. And I, it, it's made abundantly clear that a fucking lot of people worked on this show. Um, so I get it, but it's just like, damn, that's a lot of credits. Um, casting is fantastic. All the performances are really good. Um, especially with the unsettling moments. Uh, it's fucking, it's just enough. It's just enough to like kind of hurt. You know, you just like, Oh God, I don't like this. Um, I don't like this at all, but I'm loving this show. It's, it's pretty much exactly what I wanted. It's this weird shit that you don't know what the fuck is hippity hoppity happening. So, hell yeah. Big fan. Oh god. Yeah, all right. So we'll just we'll just keep watching it and see how that uh how that progresses. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Time to talk about show number two. It is a sadder one to discuss because it is the fourth and final season of Carmen San Diego. That we're ever gonna get, and it's it's a bummer. I absolutely loved that show. Um, I thought it uh, was really smart. I loved the kind of like, let's learn a little bit about so and so place. Uh, the characters were really fun. The animation was really cool. I loved the music. I loved the general like heist nature of it. Um, I thought it was I thought it was really good. This season was eight episodes long. I just finished watching all eight, pretty much marathoned in a row and uh it it's really good um it really builds off the previous three seasons to uh have a lot of really nice interactions between characters whom we never saw together like player and carmen meet for the first time in person and stuff like that um it wraps up virtually every story thread that it had going on really nicely Um, it concluded the show in a very satisfactory way and that's it. It's, it's over. Um, as much as I loved this show, I don't think it's the best thing I've ever seen. It's really fun. It's, it's a good, like somewhat mindless, uh, show to watch. Like it really does not take a lot of attention to see. I believe it's made for, yeah, like, it's TVY7, which means you need to be at least seven years old in order to appreciate this, um, it's pretty good, uh, I, I liked it a lot, the fourth season in particular, um, dealt with, uh, pretty much, um, god, I mean, not, not a whole heck of a lot in terms of the overall plot up until, uh, I think it's like episode five, and then it really dives into um, Vile versus Acme, the like the final fight basically, and um, a lot of like brain switcherui and stuff like that. Um, it does it it does its job really well, and uh, I never quite got over my annoyance with the Boston Twins. Um, I felt like they were fine, but I just. I never really liked them as characters. Shadowson was pretty cool. Carmen, of course, is great. Player is really fun. Um yeah, it's it's just it was just a really solid show. It did what it wanted to do and it got out. There's definitely a few episodes in there that do not advance the plot forward, but because of the nature of the show being like heists and capers and stuff like that, they don't feel needless, you know what I mean? Um, if any episode and uh, that just pops into my head was like not necessary, it's the fucking backstory for the Boston twins. I do not care about them as characters, so that that whole episode was just garbage. Um, but it's it's solid. It's really good. Um, I'd go overall. I mean, what would I give the show like as a rating for the whole show? Eight, eight out of ten. It loses a point because of the of the the Boston characters, but it gains a point back for the ending of season two, where Carmen got like her absolute fucking shit kicked in, um, and it was brutal, and I loved it. I think it was the end of season two. Um, let me. It doesn't matter. One of the one of the season finales is is fucking nuts. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of Carmen. So yeah, it was it was excellent. It was um. My, my favorite rendition of Carmen Sandiego. And I know that uh, Netflix said they're going to do, like, a live-action movie version of Carmen Sandiego with uh, Gina Rodriguez, who was the voice of, of Carmen Sandiego, um, playing Carmen in, uh, in live-action. Um, I have no other news about that. If that is a thing, if it is a thing, I think that'd be really fun. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But Carmen ended very well. And overall, it had math uh let's see this season had eight episodes uh which means it had a whopping 32 episodes across four seasons um that's pretty good uh all things considered and i liked it 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 does a really good job in the beginning of like setting up its characters and its plot um you meet the characters pretty quickly like it's just it's just nice and sweet and kind of kind of fun spy show the kind of show i absolutely would have loved um to watch if uh when i was a kid like if i grew up watching the show or uh it was like saturday morning cartoon fodder i would have been all over it um and i suppose that being said i mean i'm watching it i watched it now so i very much liked it and uh would recommend it if and if any of that is is your bag give it the first two episodes um the whole becoming carmen san diego like movie intro movie if you don't like it after that you you're not gonna like it that's pretty much that's pretty much where it's at i'm not gonna sit here and be like it really gets going in like season two because it doesn't it 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 captures and does what it wants to do in the first fucking two-parter um and if you don't like it after that you're not going to like it. That's just kind of where it's at. Same with Harley Quinn. If you don't like it after the first episode, you're not going to like it. Because it... it Tonally, both of these shows achieve what it wants to be right away. So if you don't like it, then... You're not going to like it. Just full stop. Which is nice. You know, time saving. Um, there you go. Carmen Sandiego gets an 8 out of 10. Really fucking liked it. Gonna miss it. Um, I, honest to God. Like... I don't even think he can. Let me just check real quick. Because uh, the thing with like these originals, right? Say Netflix dies. I can never watch the show again. Carmen Sand... Can I get it on DVD? Um. Oh, wow. There's like... <laughs> there's fucking... What the fuck? So, I guess tied in with, with Carmen Sandiego, there are Ch- Chase Your Own Caper books. Um, with these characters that you can... Uh, that's pretty fun. Yeah, with with these characters. That's... How long is this? Choose your own caper book. It's... Choose your own cap. That's awesome. That's really fun. I didn't know there was a series of books that went along with it. That's pretty fun. 160 pages. That's not bad. Um, no, I don't... I don't believe I can get the show on DVD. Um, and that's... That's something that... I've always pondered because, like, if streaming dies for any reason, or if Netflix goes under, like, all you'll never be able to watch these shows again. You know what I mean? Um, and they they don't have them on DVD. There's no DVD box set collection of Carmen Diego. I wonder what else I can. All right, here. Let's see if let's see if I can get a Stranger Things DVD. Can you get Stranger Things on DVD? Okay, yeah, you can get Stranger Things on DVD. Um Okay I guess it just depends Um On on what the show is Apparently I can get season one of Stranger Things For $7.50 Stylized to look like a VHS box Woo Okay So yeah I guess maybe now that it's done They'll come out with like a fucking You know here's the whole series DVD collection I might get it then Mostly because I really enjoyed it, and I would hate to lose the ability to watch it simply because, you know, it's not a fucking on streaming anymore. So, I don't know. I also very much doubt that the movie's ever going to be made. And it's not because I don't think Carmen Sandiego was popular. I just don't think it's popular enough to justify a live-action movie. I would love to see it. I don't think it's going to happen. Let's just, let's just put it that way. On to the next show. So the the other TV show that dropped that I wanted to talk about is one I haven't really experienced a whole heck of a lot just yet, Uh, mostly because I've been busy uh, watching all the other shows. And if I'm perfectly honest, it's not that I don't want to watch Disenchantment Season 3, it's just that it forces me to compare it to another show that's called Owl House, And I liked Owl House a lot better than I did Disenchantment, but I will still watch Disenchantment. I do like Disenchantment um, because I feel like it is uh, it it does something different with Matt Groening's like formula for television shows. You know, Futurama is so its own thing, and The Simpsons is so its own thing, and Disenchantment really is so its own thing. Um, The problem is is that I, I I feel very similarly about disenchantment that i do the mandalorian except i think princess bean or whatever the fuck her name is tia beanie um is a pretty good character and that's kind of it and that's why i related to alha so disenchantment you got the three core characters you got bean you got elfo and you got lucy and elfo and lucy um like especially elfo i hate elfo I think Elfo sucks. I think Elfo is funny like once every 16 or so episodes. Um, And when Elfo died, I was really happy. And then they spent way too long bringing Elfo back. And I just don't give a fucking tin shit about Elfo. Um, But Owl House has Luz, Ida, and King. And all three of those are incredibly awesome characters. And So it's got the trio. It's got the fucking demon thing. Um, They're even both demons. Uh, it, so the, the parallels there are pretty strong So I will watch it I promise I will It's on my fucking list um, So it's definitely something I'm going to do I just haven't done it yet But one thing I did want to talk about uh, Before this episode draws to a close Is there is a Thing called The Princess Bride Home Movie And what that is Is it was a bunch of celebrities getting together For a charity I think it was like World Central Kitchen or something like that they got together for a charity and they reshot Princess Bride um, on their cell phones and stuff like that. And I'm, I don't really want to list all the celebrities that were in there because that's half the fun is recognizing people to that were a part of this project. So I'm not going to go on, but I'll say like Jack Black was there. Uh, Paul Rudd was there. Um, Shaquille O'Neal was there. A lot of big names. Sarah Silverman was there. A um, lot of lot of fantastic actors and it was really good. And it actually made me cry at the very end because out of nowhere there's a fucking gut punch in like the final thirty seconds of the video. Um and it's really emotional. Um and it, it made me it made me cry. But I thought it was it was really fun and um the performance is really good. Uh I think uh one of the one of the big standouts for me was like Javier Bardem killed it. Paul Rudd did a great job, like there's there, it was just really fun it's about an hour and seven minutes long um which makes it shorter than the original movie uh by a fairly significant amount i think the original movie's like an hour and a half so you know like a fucking third of it is not there but it's really good and it's really entertaining and um made me laugh and it made me cry um however there were quite a few scenes where i sat there and i went i don't know who any of these people are which is fair because i don't know all celebrities um, there are also a couple of people in that movie that I would not have classified as a celebrity. So there you go. you know, leaps and bounds, give and takes. everybody gets their own thing and everybody's thing is their own. I'm just talking nonsense now. thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the going Up cast. Hope you all have a fantastic week. Um, I read something somewhere uh, that said, uh, the like the third Monday of January is one of the most depressing days of the year because supposedly this is when everybody's like New Year's resolutions have failed. Um, and I'll say what I said a while ago: Do not wait for the new year to change something about yourself. Just be. What was what did the janitor said on Scrubs? If you want to be different, be different. Just do it. You don't have to wait for a new year or Monday to start things. Okay. That's just that's just putting it off. If you want to lose weight, if you want to eat right, if you want to go to a fucking mountain, if you want to learn how to scuba dive, just do it. Just do it. Sign up for the lessons. Do whatever it takes. Don't wait for the new stuff. And just because it didn't work out doesn't mean you shouldn't try again. Just keep going. Just keep believing in yourself. I believe in you, goddammit. So keep on doing it. Wear that mask, wash those hands, stay safe. And I'll see you all next week. Have a good one, everybody.